Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, coming up this hour, Rod will have his first rant of the day about 7.15. Also, we will debate that uh, Lane Kiffin audio bullish or BS for the end of the hour. In between, a lot of good uh, conversations talking all things Friday. When Friday, of course, on Hook 'em Up, Rod makes it a... It is a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. All right, uh, so a lot going on. Second hour of five. Longhorn's getting great news yesterday. I would also mention that uh, on his radio show awesome last night, news. Steve Sarkeesian, we're going to hear him talking about Quinn Ewers coming up, but uh, he will start for Texas tomorrow night. Sark again on the on his weekly show uh, brought up twice his his receivers not getting pass interference calls, Rod. He's trying to make a point yeah. pretty clear. He'd like to see his little he, – he, you know, coaches keep bringing it up. You're trying to uh, get the attention of somebody out there, right? Yep. Um, I mean, because and Sark has also talked about when you know all coaches send packages of video to league offices. Hey, look, help us out with this. What's going on here uh, with penalties and things? So Sark is clearly making a point of emphasis to the conference that yeah. hey, let's let's start let's start taking care of my guys here. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma probably <laughs> wants to make it a point of emphasis with them too. Drake Stoops, yeah, in uh, the Bedlam it, game. Yeah, it cost them one in a crucial moment. Yeah, I, honestly, I think uh, the the officials are struggling a little with a little bit with pass interference. I actually, heard Bobby Burden talking about this. Uh, over at Inside Texas, um, that if you kind of watch college football, that their interpretation of, of pass interference seems to be way off. Uh, and if I would advise a DB, first of all, you should always interfere on hail mares, always, because they're not gonna call it. They just they, they let you they let you fight, they let you push, they let you pull hail marys. The refs swallow the flag. They're not gonna the they're not gonna decide a they're game on gonna, a hail mary. So you always interfere. I, I would tell my young DBs, hey. Hail Mary, grab him. If you got to grab him, grab him. You know, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it blatantly, but hey, if you got to grab him, grab him. It's okay. The ref will probably swallow that flag. And I'm going to say that on, you know, honestly, on most of these kind of deep balls, I've seen a lot of them, a lot of the referees and officials, and maybe I'm watching too much Texas football, but I watch a lot of Big 12 football. I've seen the refs swallow the whistle a little bit. They used to be, and, it's, and maybe, they're, maybe it's like an overcorrection, because I swear they used to call it prematurely. It used to be where they would call it, and it wouldn't even be a pass interference. It would just be aggressive coverage, and they would still throw the flag. Now it seems like if the uh, if the DB can get his head around just a little bit to act to to to, to make it seem like he is playing the football, because that's the key to the rule. The rule is you as a defensive back have you have a right to the football as much of a right to the football as to, the to your space once and the to ball, that football. Yeah, once the ball is in the air. It is, it is not the property, all right? They don't have ownership for the offense. You have a right to the football once it leaves the quarterback's hands, but you have to be playing the football. Yeah. You can't just be playing the man. You're just playing the man and then interfering with him physically and uh, keeping him from being able to play the football. That is pass interference. But if you're looking back for the ball and you end up making incidental, accidental contact with the receiver while you're looking back for the football, that is not pass interference. I'm playing the ball. Yeah. I'm playing the ball. Well, and that's why. You're in my way. I'm trying to get the ball. Well, and I think Sark's point of emphasis this week is, you know, you, your guys' missed calls nearly cost us a football game. Because uh, if you consider the two plays that he was were most most upset about last week, both it were on Xavier Worthy. <laughs> and it might have cost Oklahoma the Bedlam game. definitely cost all the Sooners game. With Drake Stoops, yeah. for sure. Uh, that was pass interference in the end zone, without a doubt. 
but look, I mean, if you're beat, I understand it, TV. In college football, it's still just a 15-yard penalty. Oh, yeah. Coach Better Keen, to get the, Coach Keenan always say, just grab him. Just if grab you, If you are beat and you know you're beat, just grab him. Well, it's okay. And, and think about the two plays that we were talking about last week would be, with, you know, not to keep looking back at Kansas State, but, you know, on the big third down, on the, the, the you know, game, tr- trying to go win the game drive at 27-all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Xavier Worthy runs, runs a post-corner. And the guy grabs him as grabs he's coming him. out of his break. Because he's beat. He's beat. <laughs> he's beat. Coach probably told him, and, he's beat, son. Grab him. And he derails his route, and then the ball lands in the corner of the end zone where if he's not held, Xavier Worthy very likely was going to be Smart move by the for a go-ahead touchdown. Yeah. Instead, it doesn't get called, and they've you know, got to uh, kick a field goal, and you know the game's in peril. Touchdown there might clinch the ball game for Texas, as good as their defense was playing. Uh, and obviously Sark wanted that call. I mean, uh, you know, there's no guarantee they were going to go score a touchdown there, but what was going to happen if Xavier Worthy didn't get held is he's going to score a touchdown. That's going to be six points. And then the other one came uh, in the first half when Xavier Worthy was beaten and they throw the deep ball. It beat the, the, the man off the press coverage. Yep. And that one was the guy never looked back. I'm, all he did was dive and tackle him as the ball was coming to him. Now Malik Murphy underthrew it, which led to the contact. I'm assuming that was part of the no call, but at the same time it's still pass interference. And on the next play, you know, if they get a penalty call, they'll get a first down and a fresh set. And on the next play, the punt gets blocked yep. uh, on fourth down because they don't get a call. So you can see where Sark was upset. Those are two really critical plays in a football game. Uh, you got you to gotta take care of those guys. So it's just been making a point. They're coming off what the facts that Sark is uh, letting the officials no, know. Hey, man. He should. This is time to politic and campaign. Oh, yeah. You got for the college football playoff committee. They need, they need to know. Hey, you know what, guys? We should have blown this team out if we had got some calls <clears throat> on pass interference or if, you know, uh, we'd have our backup quarterback in there. Who knows? what? So, I, listen, I, I'm all for it, Sark. This is part of the job, especially at Texas, high-profile job. So just keep throwing those talking points out there. You throw them out there. We'll repeat them. All right, we'll do basically like they do in politics, right? <laughs> they throw out some talking points for some really uh, controversial well, topic or political topic, and then boom, the rest of the constituents, the rest of the uh, you know the tribe, if you will, they start repeating that talking point. Lohan fans, we'll do it for you, Sarge. Don't worry, you got it out there. We'll keep repeating. Hey, man, they don't get these pass interference calls. Yeah, that's well They're said. Because you're right, because uh, the Longhorns, if they were undefeated, uh, they would control their fate here, right? You feel yeah. like as an undefeated team. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're a one-loss team. So you've got you've to make your points because you're going to be, if you, if you can win out here yep. and put yourself in a position, you don't get to play a, you know, a, a top five team in your championship game. You're going to be playing a, a top 15 team in Oklahoma State potentially. Uh, but, so yeah, you're going to have to win some, you know, the beauty pageant. You're going to have to sell your team a little bit. That's exactly right. Uh, so. I got no problem with it. it, it it's shameless, but all the coaches have to do it. Yeah. Well, and you it's want that privilege. call next time too. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics. There is one top story involving the Longhorns. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonnie Quinn bring you the top stories. And yeah, Texas football, tremendous news from head coach Steve Sarkeesian yesterday at his weekly Thursday media Zoom availability. He got out of the way early. Looks like his starting quarterback is coming back tomorrow night. I'd say the, the biggest thing to note now, uh, Quinn's going to start Saturday night, and, and we're obviously as a team excited about that. He's had a great week of practice. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable uh, with his ability to, to operate the offense. Uh, I think he, his family, our medical team feel very good about um, where he's at health-wise. And so uh, we're looking forward to having him back. I think we're very fortunate that Malik got those two starts under his belt. And so knowing uh, in the future, if something, you know, Quinn wasn't able to go, that we've got a really quality backup that's won two ball games for us, one of which against a, a top 25 team, a really good defense. 
Yeah, Ewers did injure that right shoulder in the second half of the Longhorns win at Houston on October 21st. The freshman Malik Murphy that Sark referenced, uh, Sark referenced obviously was able to lead the team to a win in that game in the second half and then back-to-back home wins over BYU and Kansas State. Ewers' return comes just in time for a November stretch run that includes these back-to-back road trips now to Fort Worth and Ames, Iowa. Next Saturday, 7th-ranked Longhorns pushing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game and a chance to make their case for the college football playoff. Not just their starting quarterback returning, though. Coach Sark also confirmed yesterday that both of his starting tackles, Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, good to go for tomorrow night's game and both starting safeties, Jalen Catalan and Keaton Crawford. Uh, so the Longhorns are pretty much fully healthy for these final three games. College football, the week kicked off last night. 11th-ranked Louisville held off Virginia 31-24. They improved to 9-1 on Week 10. Kicked off in the NFL last night. Chicago game absolutely lived up to its low billing. The 3-7 Bears held on and beat the 1-8 Carolina Panthers 16-13 at Soldier Field. Lifetime Longhorn Deontay Foreman ran for 80 yards and scored the game-winning touchdown moving through the third quarter. Helped the Bears boost their chances to have the number one pick in next April's draft. Remember, they own Carolina's first rounder this spring as well as their own. Uh, Panthers, who get lost last night, will next up host the Cowboys a week from Sunday. This Sunday, the Cowboys are going to welcome the New York Giants to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Dallas currently a 17-point favorite in that game. G-Men are down to their third-string quarterback, Tommy DeVito. And game will kick its 325 on Sunday. Texans are in Cincinnati, face the Bengals at noon. Houston has climbed back to 500 at 4-4, four and four, but faced a big test in the Queen City. Bengals have won four straight after that 1-3 and three start. Uh, they could be without what well, looks like they'll be without wide receiver T. Higgins, however. He's out with, a, according to a report, with a hamstring injury suffered in practice this week. By district round of the high school playoffs kicked off last night in the state of Texas. Wimberley, Belton, and Burnett, along with Bernie, all posted drama lists. Full slate of first-round games tonight, taking center stage under the Friday night lights, including that huge matchup at Vandergrift, where the 10-0 Vipers welcome 8-2 Lake Travis to Monroe Stadium. You can hear that game on the horn, 7 o'clock tonight with a 6.45 pregame. Also tonight, Round Rock is at top-ranked Westlake. Vista Ridge traveling to Dripping Springs. McCallum's at Rouse. Pflugerville faces LBJ. Cedar Park travels all the way down to New Braunfels to face Canyon. Hutto travels to South Dallas to face Mighty Duncanville. McNeil meets Bowie and the Crockett Cougars. Back in the playoffs for the first time in a while, they're going to face Waco University in Waco. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, I think it's actually a respect thing uh, for Sark um, starting Malik. uh, Sorry, starting Quinn and decide to move on from Malik. I think it's a respect thing. I think he respects TCU. He respects having to play on the road in the Big 12. He knows it's a trap game. You know, TCU is, you know, they're, they've underachieved, right? They are not on the talent level of Texas. Uh, they've been their own worst enemy this, this season, and they haven't come close to uh, living up to the expectations they had for their uh, team this year coming off a national title appearance. But they're, they're dangerous in a lot of different ways that we talked about on this show all week. They're dangerous, uh, and a lot of, like I said, you look at the veer-and-shoot offense they run, which is essentially the same offense that Oklahoma runs. So, And they are connected to that Oklahoma offensive coaching staff because yeah, Kendall Browse is his brother-in-law. He's Jeff Levy's brother-in-law. I don't know if they share notes on Texas, but beating, beating Texas is a family affair for the Browse family. So something that tells me that maybe they've shared some notes. Maybe there's a group text of some kind. Right? Yeah. Uh, so they, they probably, you know, can – do some similar things or try to do some similar things, present Texas with some similar problems that Oklahoma did. They don't have the quarterback run game, as he said. So Josh Hoover cannot present that. Uh, but I'm talking about schematically with the scheme. Um, and it's something we'll talk about too. They're going to run tempo. Remember yeah, they will how much, go fast. Remember how much, uh, you know, how much of an issue it was for Texas dealing with the tempo. It really neutralized the defensive pass rush. And that is something that against a pass-heavy team, 
like TCU is. And by the way, that's also something Texas has struggled with when a team is pass first. Uh, U of H was pass first. Oklahoma passed first. Even when K-State decided to abandon the run and become a pass-heavy team, they made some plays against Texas. So that's also a reason. And Sonny Dykes and his success uh, versus Texas at Cal and here at TCU, he's had success there. It is a trap game. They got this. Is, this is really a game they have to try to have to win because they're not going to make a bowl game if they don't win two out of their last three games. And they face Texas and Oklahoma in two of the lowest three games. They probably had a better chance of beating Oklahoma, but I believe that is at Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. It might be on the road at Oklahoma. But either way, the, they are. There is a, there's a desperation here. And it'll, as he said, he, he tried to get tickets for his, his what, what, for baby girl. And, nope, couldn't do it. They're packed. They're sold out. This is, this is going to be a lot of hypes around this game. Last time that TCU is going to get to host Texas, probably ever. 94th and final time. I'm telling you, man. Now, I will say, and Mike Craven and I talked about this yesterday on the Eyes on Texas cast, uh, Mike's of the belief with Dave Campbell's Texas football that if there is one school down the road Texas could go out of the state, out of the Big 12, that Texas could – you know, re-engage with TCU just because of the ties with CDC. Chris Del Conte and yeah. CDC and Gary Patterson. And, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, bad blood between these two schools. No. As a matter of fact, TCU owes it to the Lost Odds in Texas that they're even in the Big 12. And how that has helped that program grow. And, look, when Texas moves on, you, you got to know Brett Yormark in the Big 12 or hoping that TCU be, can become one of the, you know, pillar programs in, they, the, in the Metroplex and the recruiting base. Yeah. And, Sonny Dykes and build on the platform of playing in that national championship game a year ago because they need big brands. They're losing, you know, 80% of their brand awareness in the conference. So uh, others have to grow into that, and TCU would be a, a one. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying Texas is going to play TCU, but I'm pretty certain they're not playing Baylor ever no. again. Tech probably, um, tech gonna, probably not. Probably now, not Tech would at least because they would get some political consideration to the capital because okay. they're a state school. Uh, at least people would – but does that matter? I mean, they got to schedule know. the game. I don't know. It seems uh, but, like there's been bad blood between the two, but you're right. Well, you, and, you know, you, you could argue that Sark and the, the program would want to play another game in Dallas if they could or up in the Metroplex. Yeah, that's yeah, good why for you want to play in Lubbock? Yeah, I don't want to go <laughs> Lubbock. Well, that's the other thing for, tech, for this team. You know, Quinn Ewers coming back. We had from, from folks close to Quinn that he, he's kind of seething about last year's game. And, he's look, he's from South Lake Carroll, which yes, is actually is. closer to Fort Worth than it is to Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids that grow up in the Metroplex, they want to perform well, right? And they, they didn't play good in this game last year across yeah. the board. Guys like J.T. Sanders, who's from Denton, and mm-hmm. um, all these Metroplex kids, it's a big game for them. That's yeah, why the sure tickets are hard. All their family and friends want to come to the game. That's very right? true. And see right them play. Yeah. So this is a big one. I mean, the Cotton Bowl is obviously the biggest game in, in Dallas every year, but this one – this is a big opportunity for those guys that are from the – and the Longhorns have really – Sark's done a great job of building that pipeline into the Metroplex. And, uh, you know, this is, this is that opportunity. Uh, yeah, we were talking about – I mean, we were talking about recruiting earlier, uh, just kind of obviously on a more macro uh, level. But, you know, I've done the research. You talk about draftable prospects, uh, the metro areas that have produced the most NFL players uh, since 2020, and the only – metro area that produced more NFL players in that time span than the DFW area is the Atlanta metro area. Yeah. That's about it, which makes sense. That's why Georgia's been dominating college football right. for the last two years. But DFW, man, it is it is the hottest of hot spots when you talk about fertile recruiting grounds in, in the country. Yeah. I just state and about Houston's in top seven, eight. Houston's right there too. You got two top ten uh, fertile recruiting ground in terms of metro areas right here in Texas, in Houston, and in Dallas. And then, you know, you still got other hot, little hot spots, little mini hot That's spots right. everywhere, uh, like East Texas, Central Texas, right here too. Um, but Houston and Dallas, no, nobody's close to Dallas and Houston. 
Hey, coming up, uh, we will get to Bullisher BS for the end of this hour. Also, got a great piece of audio, Rod, talking about uh, the Houston Texans and their quarterback room and the cool things that, that's developing with C.J. Stroud. Also, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys you getting ready the for the – QB coaches. I do. Mm-hmm. He's a good – it, it, that's a good story nobody's talking about either. Well, and you know that uh, it looks like it turns out that C.J. Stroud has a bit of a uh, – got an agent in the room that's helping him out i'll let you i'll, I'll let yeah. you hear this coming up no but gerard johnson is the quarterback coach for the texans and he's done a fantastic job he has he's done a really good job and i former texas first time, quarterback being first time being uh, a quarterback coach and he's done a a really good job uh with with cj stroud nobody's really talking about it but cj stroud's been very complimentary uh you know just in other interviews talking about gerard johnson he, he might be on a fast track actually i, I could see him getting a you know an oc job opportunity you know, maybe at a college level or something like that, pretty soon. Because he's been he's been around the coaching game probably for maybe now Not five to six, seven years, something like that. Yeah, he used to be on radio down there. He's that's how I remember. He used to be on like six ten. Yeah, doing some work. Uh, well, he's doing great, but he also has an advocate in the in the quarterback room. I'll let you hear that. Also, Cowboys getting ready for the Giants. Uh, Seventeen point favorites. Talk some NFL coming up. But right now, it's time for Rod's first rant of a Friday. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, let's talk about, you know, real quick. I'm going to talk about some NFL teams really quickly. I want to talk uh, just quickly about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and then we'll move on to some Cowboys discussion here. Uh, but before the season started, I said, man, Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense with Todd Monken, I said, man, they got a chance. They really do, in my opinion, to be an explosive offense. And I said, I think he might be in the MVP discussion now. I don't know who's the front-run MVP. I haven't looked at the MVP odds, and it's way too early to even jump into it. But I do think Lamar Jackson, if he continues to I don't know, improve and not the Ravens continue to win games, they're 7-2 right now, he could be in that discussion. Uh, right now he's leading the NFL in completion percentage, 70, uh, close to 72% completion percentage. He is fourth in yards uh, per pass. He is second in interception percentage. He's second in quarterback rushes, first in quarterback rush yards. We all know that. I mean, he's the best uh, dual-threat quarterback in the in the game right now. Um, and he's third in rushing TDs for quarterbacks. Uh, but he also leads the NFL in completion percentage and rushing yards for quarterbacks. The last quarterback to do that was Steve Young, and he did that in his MVP year and the year that he won the Super Bowl. Not saying Lamar Jackson's going to do all that, just throwing it out there. Um, but but the Ravens actually are right now one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and it's not just because of Lamar Jackson. He's a big part of it, and Todd Munkin and that Ravens offense. Um, they, they run a lot of different, you know, weird formations and sets. They're using Patrick Ricard, kind of how Texas uses Malik Ogbo, that sixth offensive lineman. Sometimes he's a fullback and a tight end. Lines been in the backfield. He's 300, 300 pounds. Yeah, and they use him in unbalanced sets. I mean, it's really free. Honestly, Sark should start using Malik Ogbo a little bit more like they use him because they, they move him around. And then you don't know how to classify the personnel grouping. Yeah. If he's a fullback, then I guess it's 21 personnel. If he's a he's a tight end, then it's 12. And if he's an offensive lineman, then what the hell is that? I, I think it's really cool the way to use him. And like I said, it's, sometimes he's basically their sixth lineman, but he's 300 pounds. Uh, but the Ravens' defense actually has been 
the real uh, – it's kind of saving grace for the season. It's been, it's been the real shining uh, bright mark for the season for the Ravens because they right now are leading the NFL in yards per play allowed at 4.1 yards per play allowed. Uh, we'll talk about the Chiefs a little bit later on because the Chiefs are at their third. It's actually the Ravens, the Browns, and the Chiefs leading the NFL in yards per play allowed. So Chiefs are trending toward being <laughs> a top five defense right now. We'll get into that a little bit later on because I do want to talk about the Chiefs in that defense and how they've overhauled it. He was talking about it earlier, how they, their personality has changed if you haven't watched Kansas City, and it certainly has. It used to be the most explosive offense in the NFL, and that's how they won their first Super Bowl. And now it's, it's a weird uh, identity the Chiefs have because they're winning with defense and b- ball control. Uh, a ball control offense, and they're not throwing the football deep downfield because they don't have the receivers to catch it deep downfield. It's mostly about Travis Kelsey uh, and how they can get Travis Kelsey open. So we'll get into that a little bit later on because I do think it's fascinating. But the Ravens also have allowed nine offensive touchdowns in nine games. Uh, that, that, by the way, is an 8.7% uh, touchdown percentage allowed on opposing drive since 2000. The only defense that has been better than that on touchdown percentage allowed through the first nine games, 2,000 Ravens. 2,000 Ravens, 2,023 Ravens uh, doing pretty good. So we'll, 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 we'll track it and see if they can stay on that kind of pace. But the Ravens right now, and it's, it's Mike McDonald, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And by the way, he, he was the youngest uh, coordinator in Ravens history, and he was one of the youngest coordinators in, in the NFL at the time. And right now, defensively, he's become a really, really hot name uh, for a head coaching job. As a matter of fact, they probably won't be able to keep him around there after this season. I'm sure with some coaching jobs coming open. And if you're a defensive, if you've got a great defense and you're a defensive-minded team, man, Mike McDonald would be great. So he, that's something to consider with the, uh, with the Ravens. Let's talk about the Cowboys just really quickly and how they've revamped their passing game. Uh, we brought this up uh, last week about C.D. Lamb and how, how great he's been so far uh, for the Cowboys. Just to give you a few numbers as to how elite um, C.D. Lamb has been. And they've, I think one of the big adjustments for the Cowboys, they just started working him in the slot a lot more too. Uh, he's played in – and he's, he's been great outside in the slot. I'll give these numbers, and it doesn't matter where you move him. But last week versus the Eagles, they couldn't defend him in the slot. Uh, in the slot, he had – uh, he was targeted 15 times. He had 13 receptions for 206 yards and one touchdown. And no matter who they put on him, Eli Ricks, Kevin Byer, Darius Slay, Bradley Roby didn't. Darius Slay probably did the best job on him, but it really didn't matter. He was, he was eating in the slot with that two-way go. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has 63% of his snaps from the slot. That's 15th most in the league, so it's not – an overwhelming uh, like, uh, amount. I mean, it's, that's probably where he should be. But 33 receivers uh, with 100-plus slot re- snaps or slot routes, if you will. And Lamb is top five in yards per route run. He is uh, from the slot. He's top five in first downs per slot route run. Um, and he's top five in EPA per slot uh, per target. So he's essentially right now – the best slot receiver in the league in a lot of metrics. But that's not the only thing. He's targeted, but this is not the only thing. In the slot, you can argue, met, based on the advanced metrics, he's one of the best, if not the best, slot receiver in the league. But on the outside, well, he's only on the outside, you know, a little, like 22% of the time in his outside snaps. And he's targeted 5% more than last season when he's on the outside. 
And if you look at he's averaging 24 more receiving yards per game on the outside than he did last season. 4.38 yards per route run on the outside for C.D. Lamb. To put that into perspective, Tyreek Hill uh, on the outside, who's considered the best receiver in the league right now, averaging 4.34 yards per route run on the outside. Only three receivers are averaging over four yards per route run on the outside, uh, and it's Puka, C.D., and Tyreek Hill right now. Good stuff. Rod Babers with the rant and the deep dive on the NFL. Ravens really good. By the way, Ravens top five in the NFL in both yards per play allowed and yards per play offensively. That's what makes them so dominant. Um, they're, they're the only – I mean, the 49ers are top ten in both. Uh, the only, the, only the Ravens. the Ravens. And, by the way, the number one team in, to, in, in defense in the NFL, yards per play allowed the Browns, mm. and they play the Ravens on Sunday. Uh, the Ravens actually are above them, I think. Oh. I think, it's, a, I think it's, a, it's the Ravens, then the Browns. I literally just, I just tracked the stat. It's the Ravens, then the Browns. Yeah, from what I have. Well, but the, and the Browns have scored a lot. Ravens are allowing 4.1 yards per play allowed. The Browns are at 4.3. Kansas yeah. City is at 4.8. That's the interesting thing. Kansas Top City three. has switched it up, yeah. All right, so they'll uh, hook up this weekend in a big AFC North battle, Browns and Ravens, with uh, Deshaun Watson against the uh, the Baltimore juggernauts <laughs> that is sitting at 7-2. and two. All right, we'll come back. Speaking of uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, maybe the worst trade of all time, right? I mean, maybe with the, with the, with the Texans. We'll get into that coming up uh, because if you – you know, you know, stretch that out, the trade that they made to move on from Deshaun Watson to acquire what became C.J. Stroud. Pretty good move for the Texans. We'll let you hear this sound from the, uh, about the Texans quarterback room. Also more on the Cowboys getting ready for the Giants. And of course, the Longhorns. Sark, uh, a healthy team headed into the stretch run. Quinn Ewers is back. We're talking about it with you on Hook Up with Ian Rod B. on a Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. All right, big weekend on tap. High school, college, and pro football. Playoffs in the high school ranks. Great game. How about uh, looking at our friends over at uh, KXAN, KBVO, right? Roger Wallace and the crew. Oh, yeah. They've got the Westlake game on tonight with Round Rock. I'm not sure why they didn't pick Lake Travis Vandergriff, but... Either way. It might have been something they did. Maybe they – I don't know. You're right. I'm trying to figure See, out that's a better game. Yeah, it might have been some type of, uh, you know, deal done beforehand. I guess. Maybe they have some, something with Westlake. Because Westlake is the number one team in the state. No, no, uh, I'm not saying anything shady. I'm just saying <laughs> that like an agreement prior to this. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying anything shady. I'm not implying that. No, no, no shadiness. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is – uh, Westlake's the number one team in the state in some services and uh, certainly this area, and Round Rock's four and six, which nothing against the Dragons. They made the playoffs. Uh, good for them. But uh, that Vandergriff Lake Travis game tonight is a, uh, a head knocker. That's eight and two, ten and zero. Uh, sick battle for six twenty supremacy. Mm-hmm. Haven't played since 2017. Uh, a lot of cool storylines there. We talked to Drew Sanders yesterday. Hank Carter's got a good football team. Uh, by the way, bullish or BS, right? I got to get to this in our. We're coming up. We got two two big stories, including. Did you see the story at Lake Travis with the players that are, are in big trouble or gotten themselves into big trouble? Got to get yeah, you the story. I, 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 I haven't seen the details. I've heard about it. Yes. I've heard about it. Yes, I haven't seen the details. Troubling. Troubling, to say the least. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and the Lane Kiffin situation. Now, that one is, yeah, that was disturbing. Uh, but uh, to build on your NFL conversation, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, Quinn Ewers will start for the Longhorns. That was announced. Sure. We'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian coming up on that throughout the morning. But not just Quinn Ewers, but the two starting tackles on offense, two starting safeties on defense. Longhorns as healthy as they've been in six weeks now uh, going into their stretch run games of games, with uh, starting with TCU tomorrow night. But on the NFL, you mentioned the Ravens being such a juggernaut. They're going to play Cleveland Sunday. Ravens also the best 
rushing team in pro football, Rod. Uh, and this was somebody texted and, and, you know, Cowboys fan fair and says, you know, you were talking about C.D. Lamb and how elite he's been playing. He's been playing really well. And Divi, and he was giving praise to Mike McCarthy. Play calling is, you know, the Tex Coast offense, which we criticize, is, uh, is showing signs out of coming out of the bye week of, yep. of being what they wanted. But I fired back at him just with, you know, if they can't run the ball, I think it's going to be their downfall. Yes. Uh, and you're looking – and, you know, that, and he, he came back with, you know, that's not – you know, personnel's the issue there. And that's probably true. The Cowboys' personnel is not built to run the football right now. Whoa. But when you're trying to make the Super Bowl and become a contender for that, I mean, look at the teams you're going to have to beat. I mean, the Eagles are a great rushing team, right? And they're, yep. you know, they're, they're – Best they're, lines of scrimmage. Best lines of scrimmage. Game, Detroit's a great rushing team. And they get David Montgomery back this week to go with Jameer Gibbs, the rookie. Yep. Niners can run the football. With Christian McCaffrey, you got to be able to run the ball. In the in, in, I mean, it's still it's a passing league now. It's built around quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think the one team that gets away with it is the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes, yeah. who's just such a wizard with yeah. the football. <laughs> I mean, and they, but that's yeah. the outlier. I mean, you you, you still have to be balanced and uh, uh, to be considered an elite team. And, and that's what's frustrating for Cowboys fans. I know is that you've got this defense, which is tremendous. You've got you know Dak Prescott playing his best football. C.D. Lamb. Is putting himself in line for a huge contract and playing great. Um, this young, this young tight ends coming on. They oh, just, you can just awesome. you can just see it. They just don't run the ball. And uh, I, I, I would hope in these next three weeks when they're playing the likes of the Giants, where they're a 17 point favorite, the uh, the, the Panthers next week, the, the Commanders on on Thanksgiving, make it a point of emphasis to run the football. I mean, because if you can add that element to this. They are. They joined that conversation with Detroit, uh, with San Francisco, um, you know, with with obviously Philadelphia in their own division because those teams can all run the football. Uh, yeah. And so they then, you know, for the for Philadelphia they lean into it. It's their strength, and it really sets up their passing game because the other receiver that's having an All Pro year is AJ Brown, right? Yeah, he's killing. It's, it's CD and Tyreek Hill and and AJ Brown. Those guys are playing great football right now. Uh, but um, those three more balanced for me than the Cowboys on offense. As for the Texans, Rod, they play Cincinnati. It's hard to believe this is one of the games of Sunday yeah. that people are, are eager about to see Joe Burrow and this red-hot Bengals team that won four in a row against the Texans coming off the big win. Texans are still wondering how they lost to Carolina. Yeah, That's a game that's going to stick in their craw coming out of their bye week. We went to Carolina and lost to the Panthers, their only win on the season so far. Uh, heartbreaker. But uh, can I play this for you? Because uh, not only did you mention Gerard Johnson, the quarterback coach for C.J. Stroud, who's having this historic rookie year, 14 touchdowns, one interception. But listen to this. This is a – Evan Washburn from CBS, he was talking about uh, what's going on in the, in the Texans' quarterback room because you know you have C.J. Stroud, you have Davis Mills, mm-hmm. who's still there, who's okay. been the starter the last couple of years, and you have Case, you have Case Keenum, uh, the 36-year-old veteran, That's right, yeah. uh, who they traded okay. for, they signed in the offseason. And I wonder when they signed him, why did they sign this guy? They've already got Davis Mills. Who's going to be the backup? Well, right now, uh, C.J.'s obviously the starter. Davis Mills has been a, a, you know, the, ready to, to step in as the backup, and then Case Keenum is a sounding board. Listen to this from Evan Washburn about what uh, the communication style in the Texans quarterback room with Gerard Johnson. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Great stuff on the text line. Always appreciate your comments. This is every team with a young quarterback needs their Crash Davis. That's Case Keenum. He's the guy. Of course, Crash Davis from the great movie Bull Durham. I like that. 
what if I told you Jerry Jones isn't actually trying to win the Super Bowl? He just wants media attention and to make money. Well, you know, he says he wants to win one. Wants that glory hole. Wants that glory hole. He wants that glory hole. Hey, yeah. thanks for uh, several people mentioned that the uh, Vandergrift Lake Travis game is the Valley Sports game tonight. Oh, so maybe there's like a rights thing. Yeah, so you can be able to see that Valley on uh, Valley Sports it. if you have that. That could be that could be the reason. There you go. That makes more sense. Yeah. But speaking of Lake Travis, they play Vandergrift and Rod Bullish or BS time. I got to read you this story and then get your thoughts because these are two stories that I have in Bullish or BS that are. You know, you played football. You played football at the highest levels in the NFL. You know, locker room hijinks, coaches, you know, trying to scold players. These are not uncommon to the no, sport. No, it happens. But this one, did you ever do the, uh, the hot bomb to the nether regions thing? Did it ever happen to you when there's those little I, locker room plank no, pranks? No, I was not. When, we, when there were locker room pranks, I had to tell guys straight up, dude, there's no, um, no junk affiliated related pranks, my junk or your junk. <laughs> on me, dump. Nope, we don't do that. So don't be drawing junk on people's face when they sleep. We don't do that kind of stuff. There are way you can joke with me, but there you can easily cross the line when you start messing with my junk, your junk, or your junk, drawing, your... Uh, drawing junk <laughs> yeah, on, on faces. So that's kind of you know we'll put your junk on my shoulder and like that's not funny set the ground rules. Yes. So I was like, yes, we can we can prank and practical joke each other, but. Oh, you know, leave my junk and your junk out of it. Don't be drawing junk. And then I think that's a great starting point. <laughs> well, the look, there needs to be junk. boundaries, but we also yes. know that uh, teenage boys are knuckleheads. Yes, keep crotches and butts. Keep all this stuff out of it. No. Yeah, so Sorry. but it's not uncommon to a locker room oh, setting. And that's why I had to set the, the, set the tone. I had to set the tone. I had to lay the foundation, man, the rules. Well, there's hazing and there's pranks and there's jokes, and then there's what we were finding out happened at Lake Travis this season. I don't yeah. know when the timeline is. But two high school football players at Lake Travis uh, apparently were suspended for two games for knowingly they they t- this this all broke on Facebook. A parent went to Facebook with this stuff, right? And now it's in the, the parents the, the, went to Facebook with it? or so, a parent. Okay. Oh. But a player who's on the team confirmed to 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 the teammates that he has a peanut allergy, and they 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 asked him about oh, you know what will happen no. with peanut and peanut butter, and he told no. him I you know I get very sick, I could break out, I I could okay, and they said you could die, and he said yeah Come we could on. die. I could potentially. I guess, he said, "I guess I could," and but yeah, oh. whenever I do, I get sick. Well, these two players went to. They put peanut butter in his helmet rod, and into his chin strap, and other like uh, peanut oils, Are you serious? like on purpose. What? Uh, and then videoed it. Of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. So wow. bullish or BS? So that I mean, if that's yeah, all yeah, yeah. accurate, that's uh, a, a two-game suspension is enough. I mean, no, this, it's not enough. Not enough. Not enough. No, that's not enough. You literally, you, you I, tried to do, your intent was to do him harm. Harm. Your intent was to do not a, it's him not a prank. harm. It's not a prank. It's not a prank. See, exactly. It's not a prank. It wasn't to, it wasn't trying to, to, to make fun of somebody or to crack a joke. No, you're trying to do him harm. You're trying to hurt that young man. Now, I don't think two games is enough. I'm sorry. Well, uh, and, 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 and look, I'm uh, not, this, these, these two kids not only not, don't need to play football anymore. You, you're off my they team. They can't be a teammate of mine. I mean, you can't be on my team. Sorry, girl. And I don't even know who the players are. They weren't identified. They're all under yeah, the age of 18, that, which is good. fine. Yeah, I don't, want, I don't need to know who they are. But, but, yeah. they, but they need to be evaluated. I mean, the, the, the people who, have, who, who lack empathy to that level. Yeah. I mean, these are the ones that, you know, they're, they're harming animals. It's fun for them and those kind of things. That's I mean, a, this is a human being as a teammate. That's a sociopathic issue. Like, yeah, I'm Sociopathic, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you, you, can, you can't defend that. I mean, that could, that could have killed the kid. I'm with you. I and you're filming yeah. it? I was like, and you filmed it. That just shows uh, the lack of remorse. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know how that's only two games. That's crazy. I, I guess it depends on the severity of the peanut allergy, but I'm with you. I don't know if that matters as much as the intent, which was 
to hurt them. Well, I mean, I, I, when I grew up, I didn't, there were no such thing as peanut allergies, but I know it's become more and more prominent. Oh, no, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing, it's 100%, a thing. No, uh, without a doubt. And yeah. then, you know, you go to schools now and you see in your cafeterias, they've got a whole area up on stage typically where people with peanut allergies eat just to yep. avoid it, right? Nope, totally. Uh, that's just the kind of way that works. The more restaurants you go to and yeah. you see uh, all the different, you know, uh, protocols well, cause, for cause, you know, allergies and stuff. Some people just get the hives, but then some people's throats will swell up and then they could die. Like, literally, I have, I have a yeah. niece. My wife's uh, sister's daughter has a peanut allergy, so we always had to be careful when they were around yeah. because our kids like peanut butter. Uh, so yeah. you have to, to be yeah. very careful. Uh, that is, man, that's a story. I can't believe that, actually. I, I have a hard believe- time believing they're still on that football team. Just only two, man, only two games. Yeah. All right. So they, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty wild. I can't really believe that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that story out there, that's you could sad, Google that man. yourself. That's sad. That's your teammate. Yeah, that's I mean, it's, uh, it's a human being, eh? Yeah, right. And he's your teammate. Yeah, you're right. As a human being, you shouldn't be doing that to another human being. You shouldn't be trying to make do harm or see anybody suffer. But and there's, man, there's it's bullying, teammate. and then there's attempted <laughs> murder potentially. You know, I mean, I'm getting strong there, but that is malicious. Yeah, man. And you, you know, then they're it's underage. Sad. But let's hope that the right help is given, and that young guy's going to be okay. Yeah. No, they should have a chance at redemption. But I'm with you. I think I, I probably would, as a coach, be like, man, you got can't be on my team. Well, I, if I, you, you got to earn the, your, you got to earn your way back. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just come back next year. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> let's let's see how it goes next year. But yeah, you can't just come back on this team, brother. Yeah. Nope. And how about how about the kid who they did it? I wouldn't want to be on that team anymore. No, you violate the trust, man. No, man. Circle I'm not trust. your teammate. Yeah. I, why would I want to play for you? I had to play with you. you. I, yeah. I had a teammate get kicked off the team for pooping in someone's locker. <laughs> this feels a lot worse than that. It is a lot worse. This is worse because at least the poop in the locker, I'll see it. I don't have to touch it. It can get cleaned up, right? Is That's more of the joke thing. This could do harm. The young man didn't know the peanuts and the oil and stuff was in there. Yeah, as he said, man, throat could close. All kind of stuff could happen. So I'm with you. I know it sounds crazy, but the poop in the locker, actually, is, <laughs> is a little less uh, aggressive than the peanut and peanuts and peanut oil in the helmet. Yeah, it's I mean, sad, it's, I mean, as a parent of children, and you know, that's the stuff that just you I mean you can't imagine if that was your kid, I mean, you'd be coming out of your coming out of your shoes uh, for something to be done. Okay, uh, yeah, what do you have? B- bullish or BS, Rod? Anything? Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm still like a little jarred from that. I know that's <laughs> a terrible a story. It is a terrible yeah, story. Fox Seven has the story. A couple of the horrible. local news stations yeah. have. Uh, you know, found the story on Facebook and have done some due diligence okay. and written those stories. So, um, you know, that, that story will, will develop. Okay. I just saw it yesterday for the first time. No, it is. Uh, that's, uh, that's really disturbing. Uh, okay, how about this one? This, this is some people would call this disturbing, too. Uh, I always call LeBron James the best uh, in unintentional villain in sports. Yeah. He's done it again. According, now, is this according to Tim Reynolds of AP Sports. So I wanted to see if it was actually the real person to tweet. Apparently there's going to be a LeBron James Museum coming. LeBron James Family Foundation has announced a museum dedicated to the journey and milestones of LeBron. Going to open in Akron. Hey, E, you got Main people streets, back there, baby. Right? Uh, on November, Yeah, I got people back November there. November 25th. So, yeah, you can go check it out. What's it's it going to benefit uh, it's, it, it, the LeBron James Museum from the LeBron James Family Foundation, apparently. They announced a museum. Dedicated to the journey and milestones of LeBron. It's going to open in his hometown of Akron. Dang. There you go. LeBron James. You said, uh, bullish I'll be going B- to that next time I go there. Bullish or BS. You're going to visit. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I've been to the Akron Zoo many times. I've been to 
uh, you know, the Rubber Bowl in Akron. I've been to a lot of places in Akron. I'll go to the LeBron James Museum. There's no doubt about that. He's going to give LeBron James haters just more oh, ammunition. I <laughs> what is it going to benefit his school that can't graduate? His yes, kids? it is. Okay, good. They, they're probably yeah, it will actually, let's keep in mind, Ty is the number one LeBron <laughs> hater that I know. I think it actually does. Uh, you're right, Ty. It does. I think it does. He's so fake. School. He's just so fake. <laughs> He's, he's trying to help kids. How's he face? Yeah, well, how about, how about trouble he, a day in his life? Yeah, whatever. No, he's the worst. <laughs> he's right, though. When was the last? I mean, he had, had like a scandal off the court or anything. He married a high school sweetheart. His, his, the closest thing he's had to a scandal was his mother maybe allegedly shacking up with a teammate. Oh, that's like he has no right. control over Delonte that. West. Was Delonte West. Delonte West. Right. I feel bad for him. Oh, I forgot about LeBron, Delonte allegedly banging LeBron's mom. He's China's puppet. Yeah. That, speak out, speak out LeBron. I dare you. Oh, man. Well, hey, you won't be visiting LeBron James Museum, I'm assuming. I might uh, go there and hate on it if I'm ever an actor. Yeah, I was say, people might go there and like, spray paint it. Maybe some haters and go there and just leave some uh, LeBron James, some uh, hatred there for him. But there you go. It's a real thing. I'm bullish on it. I'll be there. I like it. Good for you, LeBron. I will be there Good when it's you. built. Yeah. <laughs> mean streets, a, I, huh? As a son of Akron, I will <laughs> the mean good. streets. You know, I told you my mother went to the same high school as LeBron James. Yeah, I've heard you say that. No, my mom was there. He, you know, LeBron went to St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Uh, they, but when it was my mom was there, it was just St. Mary's. She went to the all-girls Catholic school, and uh, the St. V's was the all-boys Catholic school. Somewhere along the way, they merged them into one school. My mom went to St. Mary's. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we will uh, pick this up. We'll let you hear the Lane Kiffin audio. Um, that's another one that can get you fired up, too, with, with a bullish or BS. Also, you'll hear Sar- Sar- Steve Sarkeesian make it official. His starting quarterback is coming back tomorrow night against TCU.